0: Today we're going to start a brand new four-episode series called Necessary Sins. So what's a necessary sin? I mean, is that even really a thing? Well, there are some sins in the world today that everybody would agree, you know what, that's just always wrong. Can't do it, always wrong. These things are always bad. And there's the the big sins in our society. People would say, you know, like, rape, always wrong, always murder. Yep, that's wrong spam calls, right trying to con you into sending them thousands and thousands of dollars. wrong, 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 wrong. But unfortunately today in our culture there's another category of sins that some people would say, well, you know what? they're acceptable, all right They're a little bit more understandable at least. I can make a case for that. These uh, are kind of a little bit more respectable in our culture today and w- without these, things are really not gonna go on too well, all right? And so a, a, a little of this prevents a lot of bad things from happening. And so we, we might even say that they are necessary. Uh, now, now even more, they, they might not just because they're acceptable, that doesn't mean that they are right in the eyes of God, right, if they are not right in the eyes of God, that also means that there's a good reason why they are not right in the eyes of God. And so what we're gonna do is over the next couple of weeks, Uh, We're going to look at four of the most ordinary sins that many of us just kind of rationalize away and say, this is just, it's just kind of what part of doing life, right? Um, But we're going to look at it from each of those, each of those from God's perspective. So each week I want, I want to pray with you a a very powerful prayer that King David prayed in Psalm 139. We're, We're not looking here for shame or for guilt. Do you know what we're looking for instead? See if you can figure it out. We're going to pray this. It's verse 23 and then 24. If you would, would you please just read this aloud with me. Follow along. Read this out loud. May this be the prayer of your heart. This will be our prayer. And we'll see if we can figure out, see if you can figure out what we're aiming for. Let's all just say this together, okay? Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24. Point out anything in me that offends you, and then lead me along the path of everlasting life. Oh God, point out anything in us that offends you, and lead us along the path of everlasting life. Point out anything in us that offends you, and lead us on the path of everlasting life. Now, there's no doubt. I mean, just this intro already. This this can feel scary, right? Right? It's kind of a mixed blessing. That's the way we feel getting into it. There's going to be parts that we're, we know, we, we know we're going to have to overcome. We, we know we're going to have to bear up under, and we know we're going to have to come through. This is a mission-ready understanding. We are not naive, all right. The, there will be things that we might have to face that are unpleasant, but we go in earnest pursuit of Jesus with the desire to have a clean heart. That's the point. That's where we're headed. So as I introduce the topic for this first week, I want to tell you a story. Uh, This is a mean, nasty kind of old preacher trick that pastors actually played on churches for years and years. I actually saw this happen once at camp when I was a counselor. Okay, So imagine this. The pastor or the guest speaker comes out and they say, What I'd like you to do for our, our, our next session is to read a chapter of the Bible. Have it ready for next meeting. And I want everyone to read it. All right, your reading assignment, go get it. It's Mark chapter 17. So, good intention, well meaning people. They all think to themselves, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna read it. I wanna read it. I'm I'm going to read it. Definitely, it's done. Like, you don't even have to worry. So, Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, forgotten. Just slips away. And the people come back to the meeting the next time, and the pastor says, Okay, I want you to raise your hand. If you did your reading assignment and read Mark chapter 17, I'll let you in on this. People are rarely big fans of raising their hands. Like, right now, everybody raise your hand if you don't like raising your hand. Right? It's everybody. Now, a friend of mine didn't do it. And he said afterward, he told me, I I, I didn't even know why. I I don't know why I lied, but because I wanted to look good in front of the other people or something else, whatever it was without even thinking about it. His hand just kind of went up. His hand just shot up. How many people read it? Boom, couple of hands go up around the room. I read it, I read it. And now that's a big lie, right? Because he didn't. Not only did he lie, but he lied in church. Oh my goodness, double shock and horror. Step back, anybody who's nearby to avoid the lightning strike. That's a double lie on steroids. So, there were only two other people that raised their hands. And so, wow, it's kind of hard to believe that so few, so few people did what the pastor asked. You know, shame on them, right? The pastor says, I can't believe that there are only three people who actually completed the reading assignment. You know what? I want to take a moment and honor them. So, could I get those three people who, who read Mark chapter 17? Just stand up right where you are. Yep, stand up, please. All right, come on. Everybody else, let's applaud them. So this guy, somewhat reluctantly, is now standing up, knowing he didn't do it, right? But still kind of feeling proud because he's up there. Now he's getting recognized. Thank you. Uh, All these people, all these people, they didn't even bother to do the reading. (laughs) And and they're clapping. And the pastor guy says, okay, okay, you can all sit down. Thank you. And then he said, well, let's get started together. Everybody, please take out your pew Bible, and we're going to read this together. So they had these Bibles in little shelves attached to the seats in front of them, the pews. Uh, That's the name of these uh, super fancy church benches, pews. So everyone kind of leans in, grabs a pew Bible, or is looking to share with the person beside them. Hey, do you remember when we could share with people beside us? That was cool. And then this this sharing uh, Bibles or sharing hymnals used to be a great way to develop special friends or dating relationships at church. Anyways, flipping through, we got Matthew, there's Mark, got it. Okay, now keep going, all right? Looking for 17, Mark 14, Mark 15, Mark 16, Luke chapter 1? Wait, what? Mark 16. Hey, hey, who tore the page out of this Bible? Where's Mark 17? And the pastor said... There is no Mark 17. Today, my sermon is on lying. So, that's a quick taste of some good old-school, gotcha, pastoring. can you, sinner? Uh, now you can feel the shame of the people all around you, you little worthless worm. Not exactly what I'm going for. But, of course, that was no lie. Today, we are going to look at lying. That's what we're going to talk about. And we, so, we don't want anyone to feel alone. And we also don't want anyone to feel uh, superior to anyone else. So let's clear it up. How many of you have ever told a lie? Come on, hands up or type me in the the chat feed. Who's been a liar? Tell the truth now, right? Everybody else, I want you to just look around and find the people whose hands aren't up, all right? Or they didn't admit to it in the chat feed. (laughs) Point at them, call them a liar, right? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because the truth of the matter is... I mean, (laughs) lying is one of the very first things that we learn to do. You never have to bring your kid in and say, hey, guess what, today I got a special guest speaker, gonna teach you how to lie, right? I'm gonna teach you the skills necessary. Your kid will come in with chocolate all over their body, right, head to toe, chocolate everywhere. Did you eat the chocolate? No, I didn't eat the chocolate, Maybe it was the dog, right? You you don't have to teach that. It's just kind of hardwired into our sinful nature to lie. And the interesting thing is that that we we kind of even laugh at a story where we get caught lying or, or where we, you know, admit to doing it. But just because it's acceptable or even kind of expected in our society does not mean that it's acceptable to God. And it doesn't mean that it is not hurtful. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Our God hates lying. God hates lying. Proverbs 12, 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The Lord detests in lying lips. The word in Hebrew, the language that's translated as detest, this word, it means something disgusting. Uh, It means an abhorrence. It means to make nauseous. Okay, so what, what we're talking about here is... Lies and they are lies, the little ones, the big ones, they, they make God want of honor. That's how much God hates lying, and very likely it's why our shared enemy, Satan, is about it so much. John 8 44 tells us that Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him, and this is interesting. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language. For what is he? He is a liar, and what is he called? His title is The Father of Lies. Regardless of which language we are fluent in, when we lie, it becomes the universal language of the native language of the Satan. That, that, that may be one of the reasons that God despises and wants to vomit whenever he gets around lies. And many would say it's just part of life, you know, it's just come on, it's just kind of necessary to get by. But God would say, make some wana vomit. So what I want to do today is to look at a couple of big things. First, how is it that we lie? Then I want to take it down, you know, step deeper into our hearts and talk about why we actually deceive others so that we might be able to be transparent and, and allow the Holy Spirit to do a cleansing work in our lives. It's not information, it's for transformation. So let's start with the how and then we'll talk about the why. How do we lie? let's talk about the different ways. So the first is rather obvious. The second two might not be quite as obvious to some. First way we lie, again, if you're taking notes, write this part down. This is obvious. We lie to others, right? We lie to other people. Jeremiah 9:5 says, friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. We lie to other people. Now, The bad news is, ladies, (laughs) according to research, believe it or not, you lie an average of three times a day. Three lies. That's an average of about a 1,000 times a year that a woman lies. That's pretty bad. Now, men, before you sit up all proud and looking at yourself, you lie twice as much, all right? The average man lies six times a day. I don't know why. Maybe he's trying to impress women. Or maybe he's trying to impress his buddy. Maybe, started with, okay, you know what? I caught a fish. He was like this. He goes, well, you think that's a great deal? I caught one. And it's that up, one-upmanship, right? I'm trying to impress you. Six times a day, <coughs> the average man lies. So see if any of these sound familiar to you. Instead of saying, I overslept. Oh man, was a traffic ever killer today on the way to work? Instead of saying the truth about why the work isn't done, we say, oh yeah, printer's jammed. <laughs> Printer was out of ink. A dog ate it. Wi-Fi went down. My brother had to use the computer. I thought it was due next week. It's not done because of uh, government closures. And now the new universal coverall for anything that you need, COVID. I I don't know what it is, but we lie on and on and on. We find new ways to lie, and then we lie about why we're lying. And we kind of laugh about it sometimes, and the more we laugh, the easier it is to make it a pattern. And a pattern becomes a habit, and a habit becomes a lifestyle. And all along the path, relationships are being damaged in large and in small ways, and it makes God want to vomit. Lies start to flow even when you, when you didn't need to lie, a question's asked, and you're, you're not sure, uh, what, how should I answer this, and will I get caught? And when, when, when there's a delay, why is there a delay to your answer? A lie often sticks in the throat. The delay argues against what might have been an honest response. And then perhaps it's followed by, you know, a, yeah, please forgive me. And, and, and the truth is that, you know what, I, I might just do it again too. And why would I do that? There's no reason to do that. And yet, just kind of out of this sense of defensiveness, our first reaction is to not always tell the truth. But, oh my gosh, I need to protect myself. I need to defend all the time. And so we lie. We lie to others. And another way that we lie, some people, they they never really think about this, but we also, we lie to God. We lie not just to people, but we lie to God. Luke, he, he relates a story for us in, in the very early life of the church. It's Acts chapter 5. Here's the story for you.
1: There are some stories that end with a quaint little phrase, and they lived happily ever after. But this is not one of those stories. This is the grim tale of Ananias and Sapphira. The early church had begun to flourish and all the believers were getting along quite splendidly. They shared everything they had with one another, claiming nothing as their own. There were no needy people among them. Those who owned fields or houses sold them and brought the proceeds to the apostles as a gift. Joseph was one such man who sold a field he owned and brought the money to the Apostles as an offering. And oh, what a wonderful blessing it was to everyone. All the believers were encouraged and celebrated Joseph's selfless act. Well, not everyone. A couple named Ananias and Sapphira, who were counted among the believers, saw the way Joseph was admired and grew very jealous. He thinks he's better than us they grumbled to each other we deserve that kind of attention they dwelt on it day and night finally one night they devised a plan to sell a piece of land secretly keeping part of the money for themselves and giving the rest to the Apostles they would not necessarily say they were giving all of the money they received from the sale they would just let everyone assume it And presto, they would instantly be famous as self-sacrificing believers who surrendered everything to Jesus. So, with his wife's consent, Ananias sold the land, secretly kept part of the money, and brought the remainder to the apostles. But Peter saw right through Ananias, saying, Ananias, why have you let evil fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor dead. Everyone who heard the news was filled with fear. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, Sapphira came in, not knowing what had happened. Everyone nervously watched as Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? The room fell silent. Yes, she replied, that was the price. Peter responded, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test God like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than she also fell down dead. When the young men returned, they found her body. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. By this time, the whole church and, in fact, everyone who heard of these things had a newfound respect for God. So, unfortunately, there's no happy ending in this tale. But there is a warning here to take God very seriously. Dare I say, deadly serious.
0: Peter confronted them. Acts 5, 4. Peter said, what made you think of doing such a thing? You've not just lied to human beings, but you've lied to God. The more you learn to lie to others and lie to God, before long, you're not just telling lies, but you, you're actually living a lie. And that's where the darkness gets really really dark. It's really hard to walk that back. We lie to other people. We lie to God. And a third way that we lie, and many people, they never think about this, but we also, well, we lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves through and through time and time again. David's prayer, another prayer that he prayed in uh, Psalm chapter 119 verse 27, he appears to be grieving over something. He says, help me understand the meaning of your commandments And I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with deep sorrow. Encourage me by your word. And then verse 29, keep me from lying to myself. Keep me from deceiving myself. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. And quite honestly, there are too many times in my life to count when I actually have deceived myself and I start to believe my own lies. The reality is I've met and, and I've worked with so many people who do this all the time. They just, they just don't see how deceived they are. And a lot of people, a lot of times people around you might say, you know what, you've, you've got a problem. You've got a problem with this. And you're like, ah, oh, no, no, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem at all. And one of the classics that we hear again and again in our culture anyways is Everybody says I'm a drunk. I'm not a drunk, I just like beer, all right? Everybody sees that you've got a problem and you can't see it. Well, you know what, I can quit anytime, right? No problem at all. It also shows up in marriage relationships quite frequently, any relationship really. One person says problems? No, we don't have a problem. I'm not the problem, it's all her. She's got the problem, I'm not the problem. He's a you know what? I'm not the problem. And and what you don't realize is that you are part of the problem. And you are deceiving yourself. One of of my biggest fears, if I could just say as humbly and as gently as I can, that, that there are some of you who are deceived and are lying to yourself about your own standing with God. You're saying, I know who he's talking about. I know what that's like. And it's not me. Hey, I'm good with God. Me and God were good. When the reality is, some of you who believe that, but, but you're not truly following Christ. Two reasons that bugs me, all right? Number one is because it was me. This was me. I did religious things. I did them all the time. I could sing it. I could quote it. I could explain it. But I did not experience it for real at all. I, I didn't even know that you could know it more than I did. I didn't know that a Holy Spirit experience was God's plan for me. It was all cerebral. And it was, I was totally and completely deceived. Second reason, even more personal. Because when I interact with some people at church, there are some people who you can just tell God is doing a work in their life. I mean, there's a there's sense of conviction for them. They've, they've done something wrong, and you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're facing sin, you're, you're overcoming sin, and you're living for a higher calling. You're, you're not being dishonest about it. And there's a sense of spiritual destiny and purpose that comes out of you. It just shines out of you. you. You can't have a conversation without seeing evidence of spiritual progress. There's others. We're just to be talking, and as a pastor, sometimes I typically ask, questions, you know, Uh, and eyes kind of just, you know, glaze over a little bit, and kind of, I'm I'm busy right now, right? Sometimes spiritual issues, you know what, they're entirely other people. What you've mentioned, somebody else, right? It's other issue-based. I'm fine, but you know who has issues? Thanks for asking. They have issues. No, 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 no. How are you doing spiritually? And the more I dive in, tragically, sometimes, I cannot judge a heart. I will not judge the heart. But I just don't see any spiritual evidence of God working. I don't see any fruit. There's no sense of being directed or transformed by the power of the Spirit. And I just have to say sometimes that really scares me. It scares me because it's a reflection. I I remember that was me. I was there. I thought I was okay. Because I'm kind of trying, right? I go to church a little bit. but, But I didn't really know God. I was deceived. And John said this, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. This is a sobering voice. Whoever says, I know him, whoever says, I know God, but does not do what he commands, that person is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. How do we lie? Well, we can lie to other people. We can lie to God. We can lie to ourselves. To overcome this, though, I, I, I want to go... Uh, get to more of the the heart of the matter I want to go deeper inside talk about that not just how we do it that's relatively easy I want to raise up an even more difficult question and ask why do we why is it that three or four or five or six or seven times a day we find ourselves believing the lie that a lie would be better than the truth why do we lie? For some, you might just slip into the something of what I call the uh, making life easier lies. Like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, or uh, I, I want to make myself look better, or I believe that this will get me ahead, whatever they are. For others, once we start there, the lies typically begin to snowball. The more we lie, the more we're tempted to lie, the more we can't find the truth, and before long, we're not just telling little lies, but we're starting to believe the lies. And we start to live a lie. And our life has very little integrity, if any. So I wanna ask a kind, spirited, but hard question. Why do you lie? Just answer to yourself, Only in your head, no one else needs to know, what would you really, really like to tell the truth about? What would you really, really like to tell the truth about, to confess, if you deeply believe that you would not get into trouble for? You know, we see movies and TV shows that deal with the darker side fantasies of of what you would like to do if no one would ever find out, right, people love to imagine full release to the darkness inside if they could just get away with it. But what about full release to the darkness that you have already released? What about a confession that would scrape the sides of the container? Can you imagine the freedom of nothing to hide? I've kept a file online, And over the years, I've collected uh, things from various sources. And I want to I give you some of these completely anonymous confessions to help you really see what's going on in people's heads, why they lie. So this first person uh, says, my whole life I've struggled. I, I, I have a hard time telling the truth. My problem is, and here's the lie... My problem is that I hate to disappoint people. So if I failed them, I lie about it. I also lie because I'm trying to impress people and to convince people to do something that I want them to do. I even lied to women in the past to get them to sleep with me. Can any of you relate? This next person said, I pretend that everything in my life is perfect, but the truth is, I hate myself. And most days, most days I wish I would die. My family and friends, they don't have any idea. No one knows that I think about killing myself every single day. Tragic, it's terrible, it's heartbreaking. Lies have consequences. Can you relate? is is this like your thoughts just being exposed third person says my husband thinks that I was a virgin when we were married not only was I not a virgin but I had an abortion when I was 19 now we can't get pregnant and i'm afraid that god is punishing me for my lies please pray for me i don't know what to do and you 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 can hear the pain in these people, they're stuck, caught, and they don't know how to get out of their lives. I don't want this for any of you. I, this is not God's plan for any of you either. Jesus came to bring freedom from our sins, freedom from our lives. The tangled web that we weave when first we practice to deceive, it traps us, it captures us, it holds us, it shrinks our ability to live. What I want to do is I want to ask you something that admittedly is a little challenging. And you may not immediately be able to give me a response or to write it down. But I want you to ask yourself, why do you typically lie? Why is it that you believe in the moment that this lie would be more effective than the truth? Think about it. What's your answer? wrestle with that. Some of you might say, well, I do it mostly to protect the feelings of others. Some of you might say, I I, I do it to make myself look better. Some of you might say, I I don't really like the truth. I don't like what's going on in my life. And so I say something else because I think that's better. Some people might do it to impress other people. Some people might do it because they say, uh, they won't like me. If I, if I tell them the truth, they won't like me. They won't want to have anything to do with me. For me, when I really get down to the root of why I lie, I, I have to just say, I tend to think that my lie is better than the truth. I think that my self-conceived lies are better than honoring God with truth. And believing that is one of the biggest lies ever. For example, I may think, okay, uh, if I lie, it will bring me security. The truth is, the more that I lie, the more insecure that I am. And the bottom line is, you cannot build a life of integrity on a foundation of lies. I may think, if I lie, it will get me more of what I want. Right? But the truth is, if I lie, I have less of what really matters most. You, You may think, uh, if I lie, then, then you'll like me more. We'll have a better relationship. That's worth it, right? But the truth is we cannot have a real relationship that's based on lies. So what do I have? I'm believing something that is untrue, that is stealing from me that which I desire most. Why? Because we have a spiritual enemy who is called the father of lies. And he wants to distance us from the truth. So the more lies we believe, the more lies we tell, the less truth that lives inside us. So I'd ask you, why do you lie? Let me explain it to you like this. Imagine this. Imagine that right here is truth. Big T truth. All right? God's truth. Imagine right here in me, This is my true self, okay? Now, the self that I show you, because I'm I'm trying to show you, hey, hey, look at me. I'm a good person. I'm a great guy. I'm full of integrity. This is is all I really know. Here's all the stuff. Here's all the stuff between me. The real distance here is between real truth and real me. And the more I feel like I have to lie, because, because I've got to, because I can't let you know, so I lie to you. I lie to God. I don't even lie to myself because it makes me feel better to justify all the faults that I have. The more distance between my true self and truth, the big T, the more I feel like I have to lie. But the more I start to believe the truth of who God says I am, because truth is not just an idea. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The more I believe uh, the truth, with the, with the big T, truth, the more I believe what Jesus says about me, the more I stop believing the lies, which distances me, and he says that I'm forgiven. And when I believe that, I take a step towards truth. When I believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, not based on my own merit, not, but based on his victory, on the cross, I am a step closer to the truth. When I believe that, that His freedom will set me free, I am closer to the truth. When I believe that I am He, who He says I am, I am a step closer to the truth. I get closer to the truth, not by what I do, but first by what I believe. My actions follow my beliefs. And as I step closer to the truth, closer to the big T truth, suddenly... I don't have to lie because I'm closer to the truth. And rather than believing that my lies help, I know that my lies don't help. Listen, I don't know about you, but when you lie, it gets scary because you can get caught. I remember telling so many lies, I couldn't even remember what the truth was, all right? I'd say one thing to this group and one thing to that group, and I'm always kind of looking over my shoulders, around my back, afraid that I'm going to get caught. Who's going to catch me? And here's what happens the more we tell the lies, the harder it is to believe the truth. And we continue to lie and to lie and to lie and to lie, lie and step away and step away from the truth. But when we believe the truth, then you know what? Jesus said in John 8, 23, say it with me, come on. And you know, and if, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Let it sink in. The truth will set you free. So it's a little everyday, make life easier kind of common white lies, or, or if you've been living a lie. Deceiving all of those around you. Looking like one person and knowing deep down inside that you are someone else. And all along, afraid that you may get caught in your lies one day. All you need to do is to start believing the truth. Believe you are who he says you are. Believe what he says about you. And when you believe who he says you are, you're stepping closer to the truth. And when you get to the truth, the truth sets you free. The truth of Jesus sets you free. So why do I lie? Because I'm not believing the truth. Because I'm over here believing that my lies are better than being loved in the security and the grace of God. And so today, every day, when I wake up, I call on him. God, help me to be who you called me to be. Help me to know the truth about who you say I am. Help me to believe the truth and to overcome the lies. I don't want to believe the lies of the evil one anymore. And the more I believe his truth, the closer I am to Jesus. The less I feel like I have to lie. The more I am aligned with him. And his truth will set me free. And the same is true for you. His truth will set you free. Father, I pray today that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would do a healing work in our lives. God, that we would look to you, that you would forgive us our sins, make us new, transform us by your grace, God. Help us to believe the truth so that we would overcome the lies that bring bondage. Let's just take a moment, pause here, okay? Stay in a spirit of prayer. Let's not come this far and then run right past confession. First type of confession is to God. You confess to God and he forgives you. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There are those of you today. You need to. You're going to call out to him and he will forgive you. There's another type of confession. You confess to God for forgiveness, you confess to people for healing. So confess your sins one to another, James says, and pray for each other that you may be healed. God is going to move some of you to a different type of confession. Different types of confession, they're both going to be important. And I'm going to ask you today, just very simply, you've already admitted that you lie. I lie, you lie. We all tend to lie. The reason we do is because we are believing the lies rather than believing the truth. If you want to be closer to the truth, if you want to believe the truth, if you want to be a person of truth, I hope that this is every single one of you. If you say, that's what I want. God, help me to know what is true so I'll be a person of truth and the truth can set me free. If that's you, respond to God right now. Don't wait. You can respond by, by raising your prayers. You can respond by, that's me. Type, that's me, in the chat. You can respond by, by staying focused right now, not getting distracted, staying, saying yes inside. Come on, is that you? Let's not miss this chance to take our next step in earnest pursuit of Christ. So God, I thank you for a group of people hungry to walk in truth, in earnest pursuit of you, Jesus. God, we admit and we confess that we do lie. We deceive. God, we thank you for your grace through Jesus, your forgiveness. And I pray, God, that for into one, that we would know you intimately. That we would grow in the grace and the knowledge of your will and your goodness. God, that you you, you wouldn't be just an idea, a concept to us. And going to church wouldn't be what we do, but following you, pursuing you, knowing you, God. That's who we are, followers, disciples of Jesus. God, I pray that as we get to know you in your word and in the context of a broader Christian community, that we would be conformed into the image of your son, Jesus. That our minds would be renewed with truth and the truth would set us free. God, help us to know your truth, to live in your truth, and to let your truth set us free. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord never changes. The steadfast love of the Lord never fails. That is the truth. Walk in the truth. Walk with the truth. Be conformed to the likeness of Christ. Follow Him. And be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for being part of. Thanks for making into one come to life. Thank you for allowing God to speak to you, and you responding to Him in a way that you bring this place to life, and that you are part of a movement that is changing the world. Don't give up. Keep at it. Remember, at into one we, disni- we dismiss nobody, but we send everybody. And as we send you, we try to remind you these are central truth points that we order our life after. We keep this stuff focused and in the top of our minds. And so if you can say this with me, I'd encourage you, say it and say it out loud. Let it sink into your heart. We are Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. And the mission that we're on is for everyone, everywhere, all the time. Go out on mission today into one. Live in the freedom of the truth, the knowledge of the glory of Jesus Christ. Take hope somewhere else. Share it, please. Don't give up. We've got faith to live. See you next week. Bye for now.